Hello and welcome to MDD's latest claims interview. Today, in the hot seat, we have John Sargent from Swiss Re. Hi, John. Hi, Barry. So, you've taken the brave step of agreeing to be interviewed. Let's see how we get on. So, we're going to start where we always start, and that is to ask you about how you came to be in the insurance industry. So, tell us about that. Yeah, I think like many people, Barry, I didn't dream of a career in insurance from a young age, you'll be pleased to know. So I read law at university back in the early 2000s. After three years of studying law, the one thing I was absolutely convinced that I didn't want to be was to be a lawyer. Staying at home and doing nothing wasn't an option, so I did a couple of different roles at that point. I ran a pub for probably the best part of nine months, which was an interesting experience and a very hardworking experience as well. And then I spent a probably ill-judged six or seven months working as a lettings agent in southwest London, not in one of those Foxton's minis, I should probably say, but <laughs> just driving around and experiencing what life is like working in sales. And I think it's fair to say six months of that was more than enough for me to know that that's not where my natural skill set lies. At that point, I saw an advert, I think, on, on the Milk Round website saying they were looking for law graduates that didn't want to become a lawyer. Well, that's fantastic. That's, that's exactly what I want. They said, you'll be trained to become a loss adjuster. I've no idea what a loss adjuster is. I've never heard of a loss adjuster. So I, I spent sort of half an hour on Google trying to say, loss adjuster, what do they do? Something to do with claims. Okay, yeah, why not? So I sent my CV into what was then Cunningham Lindsay International, based in an international house in St. Catherine's Dock. Uh, and I was interviewed by the CEO of that, that team at that point. And it just so happened that he had a flat in, in southwest London that he was renting out at that point in time. We probably spent about 40 minutes of a 45-minute interview talking about the rental market in, in London and what he should be getting for his particular property, and maybe five minutes talking about the rest of my life up to that point and what my aspirations were for a career. And he said, yep, yeah, that's absolutely fine. You're exactly what we're looking for. Come and become a loss adjuster. And then yeah, that was back in back end of 2007, uh, early 2008. And that's how I found myself in the insurance industry, incredibly. Well, I'm sure that anyone listening to this from Swiss Re will be delighted to know about your experience around running a pub. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they'll all be ringing you up now to get advice on their drink selection. So, John, tell us, what is it like working for Swiss Re? Yeah, it's well, I mean, before I was at Swiss Re, I was at uh, Zurich Global Corporate. So I obviously have a thing about Swiss based insurance companies. But as a place to work, it's very collegiate, I'd say it's very collaborative. It feels very much like a, a Swiss cultural company, by which I mean, it's naturally, I think, quite cautious, quite consensus driven, certainly, it's got a focus on data and proof, you won't get very far within Swiss Re or Swiss Re Corporate Solutions, I should say, which is obviously the direct arm of the Swiss Re group. But you won't get very far within Swiss Re without having data to back up what you're saying. You can't tend to carry a decision or to get to an outcome just based on strength of feeling. You need to have evidence to carry people with you. But at the same time, it's the kind of organization where if you do have the evidence, it, it is capable uh, of changing and evolving. And it is very keen to be in a situation where it is pushing the boundaries of new things. As an organization, culturally, it's a very pleasant place to work. And it's somewhere that really focuses on individuals' development as well. That's something I've really appreciated in the four years that I've been here. But it's, yeah, it's a really good place to work. It's nearly four years since I joined and it feels like it was, you know, it was almost only yesterday that I was going through the interview processes. So it's time flies when you're having fun, I think. Yeah. I mean, you know, Swiss Re has a, has a great reputation just in the world of insurance and reinsurance. 
And when it comes to claims, you know, you do have some outstanding claims people in the leadership team. So I would imagine it is definitely a great place to work. You recently became the UK claims leader. So tell us, what does that involve? Yeah, in some ways, it's almost a slightly misleading title because whilst it it leads the UK claims team, I also have reports in in Zurich, uh, in Genoa, in Italy and in South Africa. So it's quite a broad role from that sort of perspective. We're a group of 18 claims professionals covering the major lines of, of business that we write. So property, casualty, FIMPRO aviation. We still have some marine hull, some marine cargo, which is in runoff present. But my role fundamentally is is about creating a working environment to give people the best opportunity to, to flourish. I think at its core, it's about creating an environment and creating a culture where people can get the best outcomes that they can. By outcomes, I mean, obviously, technical outcomes on claims, but also satisfied customers, stakeholders, internally and externally that get what they need from us. I have a lot of other responsibilities, obviously, with things like, obviously, in the last year or so, the FCA test case and some of the data we have to report externally with that, representing, I think, the claims group in the UK on different internal forums, whether that be as part of the EMEA claims organization or as part of the UK business as well. So it's quite a wide ranging set of responsibilities that that come to my desk. But it does also mean that every day and it feels like almost every hour, every phone call is is different and challenges you in a different way. And, you know, you do occasionally have to remind yourself exactly what you're doing and why. But it's it's a very uh, fulfilling role. So I was talking to Mark Graves, who's your EMEA leader, Um, a few weeks ago because we're going to have him on later on in the year for an interview and he was telling me what a great job you were doing I I just wonder what sort of working relationship do you have yeah that's a good question Barry it's it's an interesting one actually because I'm going to shamelessly steal a phrase that I heard for the first time from someone last week so I can't claim credit to it but it's actually someone I was interviewing for a role to come and work for us and and I asked them what sort of working relationship do you want to have with your leaders and they said that the thing that was most important to them was being given space to work without being distant. I'd not heard that phrase before, but I thought that was a really good way of articulating the type of working relationship, actually, that, that I have with Mark. He's a very passionate uh, individual about claims, a very driven, uh, determined individual, you know, who's made a great success of his career in the claims environment in Lloyd's and in the company market. I think it probably helps in some way that we, we both actually started our career, although he won't thank me for saying it, probably a decade or so apart. We both started our career as, as loss adjusters, so maybe some similarities there, which, which kind of help in terms of approach and, and attitude towards claims. But yeah, I, I have a very strong working relationship, and he's one of the main reasons why I joined Swiss Re in the first place when I did back in 2017. So yeah, very, very positive. One of my reflections on being employed as a leader, so reporting to someone you know senior, has always been that if you're going to employ me to do a job, you've got to let me do it my way. You can't employ me and then expect me to do it your way. I've got to work within the framework of the business. But other than that, you're employing me for me, mm-hmm. you know. And my sense is Mark definitely shares that sort of ethos that I'm employing you because I think you're the right person to lead this. Go lead it. Do what you need to do. And you've got my 100% support. Is that the way you would see it as well? Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure you can discuss this with Mark when you have him on. But one of, one of the interesting parts of my role, but even to a greater extent his role actually, is interacting with people from different countries and different cultures. The attitude of, say, a, a claims manager in the Nordics versus someone in Amsterdam versus someone in Italy versus someone in Zurich. You can present them with the same set of facts, but they'll approach the a claim in, in a completely different way, right? And you have to, as a, a leader, be very 
attuned to the different kind of cultural attitudes towards things. And, and that's an incredibly diverse and challenging area that you're never going to, to be able to do to 100%, but you just have to be really conscious of that difference. You have to give people that space and you have to let them be themselves because that's how they will be successful in their market. You, you, you can't adjust a claim in Italy, for example, with an English kind of attitude. As, as strange as that sounds, you have to be, be receptive and flexible to local customers and local needs. Yeah, definitely. So while we're on this sort of subject of leadership, tell us what is it that you enjoy most about being a leader? I like the responsibility of it. I, I really enjoy helping people. I enjoy maybe I'd probably say teaching actually I think I, I, I find what we do in, in claims so in, incredibly interesting and so incredibly diverse and I really like to see that passion in people I like to draw that out of them and I think being a leader is such a wide-ranging type role and I think if you have the basic skills to be an effective leader you can apply that to not just to claims but to other parts of the business um, and indeed other companies and other industries but working with people is such an enjoyable and it should be said challenging experience as well right you know you have to be available pretty much 24/7 if people have something that they need help with or that they have an emergency you have to be able to be available and to support them you have to be prepared to prioritize other people above yourself i can't think of the last time i had a day when i wrote down the list of things to do at, at 8am i'd actually manage to sit down and do all of them by the end of the day because something will always happen right? but mm. actually i find that variety really really interesting and i think for me that's what i enjoy the most it's working with people and it's the variety of, of different things that you get involved with i i think that's a very disappointing answer actually john I, I was really waiting for you to say i love the power let's move on so can you tell us about any plans you have for the future at swiss re that particularly excite you yes so we are in, in corporate solutions we're, we're still i think probably in a, a transition period on the claims side at the moment our previous global chief claims officer jim george left about, about 12 months ago and we're now working with mark scheidegger who's our kind of global claims leader based in zurich and mark is set out a, an ambitious and, and wide-ranging set of, of building blocks that he wants to to bring through over the next two years with the goal of, of making us a market-leading primary carrier. One of the, the aspects with Swiss Re is because its heritage is so far in the reinsurance market that that mentality of being a primary insurer is something that we've spoken about a lot in the four years and, and before that that I've been with Swiss Re. But it's still, I think, to some extent, uh, a work in progress there. And the, the building blocks that, that Mark is putting in place and, and which we'll be working on in the next next couple of years, I think will really take us up to that next level from where we are at the moment. Maybe just a couple of examples of things that we're looking at. Uh, and again, we're not alone in some of these areas, certainly, but looking at things like our analytics and prevention capabilities with, with the data that we have. Again, I think if we're being candid, we've not really exploited the data sets that, that we capture on, on losses as effectively as we could in the past. But we want to be in a situation where, where we're having the kind of analytics that we have that customers will actually pay for from us it's not just an internal piece but we want to be in a situation where we can be on the front foot more with claims risk engineering to be able to look at a customer before losses and say well, look these are the sorts of areas that you need to be focusing on and here's the data from you or from your peers in this particular industry segment which shows why i think there's so much in the market that could be done there that we're really as an industry just scratching the surface but that's certainly one of the areas that i think i'm most excited about for where we're taking that, that global claims vision for swiss recourse and there are other areas as well around things like customer service and customer experience again as, as you said earlier barry we're i think we're well recognized in the market that we are very good at handling claims but at the same time i think we can 
do a better job sometimes of differentiating our customer experience. There's a tendency sometimes for a kind of one-size-fits-all approach with maybe some exceptions. And I think we can do a better job of having a more clearly defined proposition for different parts of our business, which will really add add greater customer value to those that uh, we are closest to. Okay. Oh, I mean... You know, you, you just got me thinking about some of the work I've seen in the past at Swiss Re, led by Nicola Parton, who's a key part of the leadership for, for Swiss Re globally, and someone, again, who was very much involved with claims in her career, who really tried to affect the culture at Swiss Re in a very positive way around customer service and creating that environment where customers could really see what Swiss Re were trying to do for them. And I think that those routes that she sort of laid down, you can very much see today. So what you just said sort of resonates with what I've seen in the past from Swiss Re. So just in terms of claims handling, tell me, what do you think makes a great claims handler? Well, that's a good question. I think a quick mind is important. I think you need to be able to see angles on claims, see different ways of viewing, whether it be expert reports or whether it be legal opinions. You need to be able to see different angles to claims, and that needs a certain mental acuity, I think, to do that. I think calmness under pressure is absolutely vital. I think some of the people who I've worked with in the past who I've thought of really top-draw operators there's always that calmness, ability to consider what you're what you're looking at and to be able to articulate it. I think stubbornness is also important. Sometimes, as a former broker, you'd appreciate that, Barry, but you, know, there's, you have to be able to be the person in the room where the other 25 people want you to do something. You have to be the person saying no sometimes. I think sometimes gravitas actually is important, and that's maybe a bit of a loose concept in claims, but actually people who do it well have a kind of an aura to them, a presence which I think is hard to to develop sometimes. It comes from experience. I think it comes from being beaten up a few times as well. You know, I, th- I think someone like uh, Martin Clark is a good example of someone I work with and who I know you've interviewed on this podcast as well in the past. Someone who has that kind of presence, I think, is important. But I think fundamentally also, and I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't be answering this question properly if I didn't say you have to be a people person. Right? You have to be able to communicate and interact with people because one of the fascinating things with this job is that you do come across people from every walk of life, from the top to the bottom, virtually. You have to be able to communicate and you have to be able to build relationships. That's just so important. Well, you know, you, you talked about the stubbornness piece and my reflection there is it's about representing your company's view. And if you're in the room, you know, sometimes it's simply not the right thing just to go along with what everybody else is saying, because that's just not what your company expects you to do. They expect you to express the opinion that that they want expressed, but you don't always see that. And and I know there might be some brokers cringing that someone might make a claim very difficult because they're the person saying, hold on a second. But in another way, sometimes it can work incredibly well for the broker that somebody will say, hold on a second. I think we should be settling this for for, for whatever reason. So it cuts both ways. Mm -hmm. I think the important thing is to have an opinion and to express it. That's what you're there to do. So look, tell me about the greatest influences on your career. Who, who have those been? So I'd, I'd probably say, first of all, I'd say Marcus Gresham, who I worked with as an adjuster at Cunningham Lindsay and is now at Charles Taylor. I think Marcus was someone who was incredibly patient with me when I was a, an impossibly green junior adjuster, really, really not knowing <laughs> knowing one side of a building site from another. Very, very patient, very, very thorough. He was someone who I had the opportunity to go to site visits or go to client meetings with and to watch him work um, and watch the methodical way that you actually investigate a claim and the level of detail that you need to be able to, to go into and to be able to understand. 
he really someone I've, I've watched work which has really imparted to me what what a lot of this job is is all about if i think about maybe my time at, at zurich and more recently again martin clark someone who's a, a real class operator to watch him work but i also maybe pick on someone like say charlie bush at zurich actually as well as someone from a uh, a different background from an insurer side, um, but someone who was always very, very prepared to challenge the, the status quo in terms of how things have done, really, really keen to try and drag the insurance claims function into the 21st century, 22nd century in terms of some of the things that maybe Charlie's looking at. But I think, again, someone who's had the pleasure of working with and watch work. We, we didn't work together for particularly long, but I think someone who really influenced how I kind of approach things day to day as well. Yeah, I mean, two great guys there, Charlie and Martin. And I must try and get Charlie on for an interview as well. And hopefully he'll say nice things about you. It's too nicey-nicey. We're going to have to change this in a second. Any high points or low points in your career that you can tell us about? Yeah, I mean, it's maybe a bit of a stereotypical answer, but high points, you know, I, I love winning business with claims being at the forefront of the proposition. That's what I absolutely really, really enjoy. And it's it's something that we're at Swiss Re really focused on, and we're, we're getting some really good success there now. We're starting to see some good success. But I, I just love it when you know a customer that we presented to last month and the key account manager who was kind of running the deal for for Swiss Re said to me sort of the night before, said that we, you know we've got an hour and a half presenting to this client tomorrow, and actually. I want claims to go first in this presentation, right? I don't want to be talking about underwriting and then talking about risk engineering, and then you'll get five minutes at the end to talk about the claims commitment that you bring. I want to start with claims at the forefront of this. Uh, and I thought that was really cool, right? And when when we do win business with claims at the forefront, I, I just think that's such a fantastic experience and really puts us in the shop window. It puts some pressure on us to deliver as well, of course, but that's, you know, we can deal with that. But I really enjoy that as a high point. Low point, you know, I've had some difficult experiences with with customers and difficult claims, as you can imagine. But actually, I think probably the lowest point of, of my career would be someone, for example, who I work with very closely at, at Swiss Re and unfortunately passed away just before Christmas with an illness that they've deteriorated very quickly in the last few months and it's when someone who works for you and you work with you know catches something like that it's a horrible experience and, it, and you see the effect that it has on the team and on the group and as a leader it's a really challenging time to work with and that, I think that's something that I look at as an individual and I think that will that experience will probably help me in my career in the longer term to have gone through that but at the time it's a horrible horrible experience to be having those kind of conversations well, with I'm, someone. I'm sure John I mean that is very, very challenging and very, very tough. So what are your aspirations for the future? Oh, let's get back to the city, Barry. I can't wait. I have to say, I think maybe joking aside, get back into the city for those that want to be there regularly, right? Creating an environment where those who are less keen, certainly in the short term, or those who are more cautious, don't feel an obligation or a pressure to come in. I think we have to be very conscious of that. I'm really enjoying what I'm doing at the moment in terms of my role. So I'm not really looking at progression at this point. I think that that sort of thing will come in time if I make a success of what I'm doing now. But I just think, yeah, a chance, a chance to get back to the old tea warehouse or or the ship or somewhere like that and get a cold pint of Guinness. That's, that's my, my main aspiration <laughs> right now. Okay, that's, that would be nice. I can tell you that would be very, very nice. So look, we've talked enough boring stuff about work. Let's find out about stuff you enjoy doing outside of work so tell me what do you enjoy most outside of work i'm a i'm a sports fanatic i have to say barry cricket's probably one of my main sports american football and so in the last 
10 or 15 years, I've got really into football, soccer, as the Americans say, but but normal football in my mind. Again, I'm a long-suffering West Ham fan for my oh, for wow. my sins, although we live in uh, Leytonstone at the moment, so we're not too far from Stratford. But yeah, sports is my main thing. I'm not as athletic now as perhaps I was in my youth. I, I played them a lot more than I do. But I, I enjoy cycling. I do the occasional bit of running where I can. But yeah, that, that's, that's, that's mainly me outside of work. These guys who say they like cycling, I know what it's really about. They just like putting that leotard on <laughs> like, you know, some famous cyclist. It's the leotard. I'm certain of it. Anyway, let's do the fun bit next, which is the, uh, the quick test. So as you've heard before, you know, I'm going to chuck some words at you. I want you to tell me the one that resonates with you, with you most. So we'll see how we get on, see if there's any shocks compared with other people. So rugby or football? Ooh, rugby. TV or radio? I don't own a TV, so it's going to have to be a radio. Oh my God, you don't own a TV. I mean, I laugh because it's like I couldn't live without a TV. <laughs> yeah, so I understand why you need to live near West Ham if you want to go and watch them play you know, and watch them on the TV. Okay, the next question's ridiculous then, BBC or ITV? I'll say, I'll, say, I'll say BBC then for Radio 4 and Radio 5. Okay, that's a great answer. Uh, meat or veg? I'll meet, I think. Okay, good, good. Work or holidays? No one can say work, can they? It's got to be, it's got to be holidays, Barry. Somebody started that trend off a while ago. I, it might have been Martin Clark, but everyone seems to prefer holidays to work. You know, I love the honesty. Lloyd's or company? Companies. Although I have a fascination with Lloyd's, I have to say, as someone who's never worked there. I probably have as well, but they'd never let me work there. 1980s or 2020s? Oh, 2020s, definitely. You are officially the first to say that why <laughs> i'm probably the the first one under 40 you've interviewed i would guess barry so maybe maybe that's what it is <laughs> yeah you don't remember them brilliant maybe that is the secret to to getting a 2020 response only pick someone who doesn't remember the 1980s brilliant harley or porsche well i don't own a car either i'm afraid but... even the money is really really bad at swiss free <laughs> or you're a very unique person <laughs> i'd say in, in that in that case uh, a good a good pair of church is leather brogues okay footwear i need to put that as the option harley porsche or footwear brilliant so we've reached the end it's been a really really enjoyable conversation i do want to know though as i always ask everybody if you not ended up in insurance what would have been your ideal choice of career oh that's a good question i think i'd say i think i'd say a landscape gardener barry get me outside get me some tools Get me something physical to do. Yeah, I think I'd say landscape gardener. There you go. Uh, well, you're, you're very similar to Rob Powell, who wants to be a lumberjack, the fresh air. Okay, I mean, I'm just going to say the passion that came through from the discussion from, from you about claims, if we could just bottle that up, you know, it would be a fantastic thing. It'd be hugely valuable. John, it's been great talking to you, and I wish you every continued success at Swiss Re. Thanks. Thanks. It's been a pleasure.